back to Kidman Talk. Hard to believe that it is actually the 139th podcast. And that doesn't even count the old podcast that I used to do with Gus. But I'm glad you're here. This is Carl Bastian from Kidology.org. We have a great topic today. If you're weary, if you're discouraged, if you're secretly like wanting to quit or wishing you could, you don't really want to, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, this podcast is for you. I have some fun things to show you. I have a virtual VBS report to give you, but then I want to rise above all of this crazy COVIDness. Is that a word? COVIDness? And just give you a word of encouragement because, man, what I'm seeing on Facebook and what I'm hearing from people, people are down, they're discouraged, they're worn out, they're weary, right as, you know, we're preparing to relaunch and reopen and enter a new era of ministry. So wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, sit back, chill, relax, because I've got a word from you that I believe is timely. I believe it's from God. And I believe it's something that's going to put some wind in your sails. So, are you ready? Because, always try to time this to the music. It's time to talk Kidman. Hey, that wasn't so bad. Well, hey, today's podcast's featured resource is Bolt VBS. I say featured resource instead of sponsored because they didn't pay me to tell you about it. Although they can cut me a check if they want. But we have just finished our week of Bolt VBS. Now, you can go to GoCurriculum.com and you can learn all about it. It was a blast. Now, some of you got a little bit of a sneak peek because I started out every day with a Facebook Live where I greeted our families and introduced a little bit of the topic for today, gave some hints and tips on the craft and the games, but mostly just tried to encourage them uh, to go at it and to have fun and to post videos and stuff in our closed Facebook group, and it was a blast. One of the favorite things that we did was the Flat Pastors. Now, this was not original to me. If you search Facebook for hashtag Flat Pastors, you're going to see a lot, but it was my friend Andy um, who inspired me to do it. Um, and so we, I made flat pastors and you can see there, the guy in the green shirts, our lead pastor complete with skinny jeans. Our youth pastor's kind of hip there. He's holding a cell phone and, and then, uh, our associate pastor, small group leader, he's the scholarly guy. He's got a big old book there. And, and mine originally was pretty boring. And I showed him to a few of the office staff didn't warn the pastors and they're like, Carl, yours is boring. They all have something that fits their personality. So, uh, I made myself on a unicycle. So, um, the kids were encouraged to post these. You can search for hashtag HP flat pastors. That's for high point, uh, flat pastors. And I'll just show you a couple here. If you're watching this by video and not by iTunes, um, here's the flat pastors as the kids are doing the virtual, uh, VBS. Um, here's a kid that, uh, demonstrating that the high point pastors, we got your back, right? They're in, in a backpack there. And I love this one. Here's a, a tea party with the, uh, with the pastors being able to be a part of the tea party. And here's another picture of two little girls who are watching the VBS video and you can see us up on the table there. See, we're getting to get in the home despite all these rules, right? Um, one of our volunteers even put us in her car. So she was able to take us wherever she went. Uh, but this has got to be one of the best ones. I was wondering how in the world did this guy get into a swimming pool 
with his flat passers. Well, at the end of the week, they sent me a video of us going through a laminator. I wondered why I was feeling so hot on Monday. It was because I was being put through a laminator. So it was a lot of fun. Um, you definitely, it's not too late to do a Bolt VBS. Um, it, it, it was easy. That's what I loved about it. In fact, I don't know, when we reopen, I might just do a virtual VBS. Um, it was incredibly easy. I mean, Go Curriculum literally made it easy. In fact, even some of the things I thought I was going to have to do, distributing the videos and the craft instructions and the supply list, I, I was like, I don't even have to do that. Like, I literally sent them the login information to the family portal. They literally clicked a link in the email. I gave them a password, and there was all organized by day. Parents could just click on the coloring sheet, which was also for the Bible verse if the kids are too big to color. There was an origami uh, instructions, which uh, here, here, I've got one here to show you. Uh, origami instructions, and I, I made one as a sample to show in my videos. And, and then there's videos, and they would pause and play them. I'll be putting together a highlight video, and um, we gave away an awesome prize for families who would do all the memory verses and submit a video. And I can't wait to slice and dice those videos, put the verses in there with different kids saying different words, as, as well as some videos of them playing the games. And it was just so fun. And I got to tell you, I was pleasantly surprised by how many families signed up. I wasn't sure. We've been doing this for months now. I sense that weariness that even you're feeling, that parents must be feeling. And the kids are out of school, so they're kind of done with all this online learning. Would they really watch videos and would they really engage? And they did. And so it was a lot of fun. I'd say about half the families were really engaged online. The others, as I reached out to them, enjoyed it, but they weren't into, you know, making videos and posting pictures and stuff like that. And I'm sure there were some that registered and never did anything. But, um, but overall, it was a great success and it was super easy. And, and I think it, I think it scores some points um, in the sense that it, even those who didn't participate or didn't have kids, it showed our kids' ministries engaged. We're offering things. We can't control what people do or whether they respond, but it shows that, you know, we're just not, you know, twiddling our thumbs in the office. <laughs> but we are actually, you know, doing stuff, and they make it really easy. So that's my plug. Go check out uh, the Go um, VBS, and uh, you made, I mean, literally, I announced it on a Thursday. We had the next week to promote it through some email and Facebook, and then we did it the next week. So literally, I had about a week and a half of preparation, and I had done nothing before that. I had not told anyone. I had not promoted anything, um, and, it, and it, was, it was easy, and it was three days. And so um, now I've got to collect all the pictures and make some videos and stuff and pick our grand prize winner, which I can't say because um, I haven't selected it yet. I'm still going through all the videos and everything. Um, but it was a blast, right? Hey, real quick, I just want to say uh, thank you for all the feedback to the podcast, especially the last one um, where I talked about um, don't don't reopen, relaunch. And I challenged you to use this as an opportunity to do some of the things you've always wanted to do. Now's the chance. Instead of COVID makes you do stuff, no, COVID's your excuse to get to do some stuff you've always wanted to do. And I'd encourage you to go back and watch that 
Um, it was shared a lot of times. It had a lot of views and all that. And I just was so encouraged by the personal feedback I got. And I just want to say, if you find this podcast encouraging, if you find it helpful and you can, please support Kidology. You can go to kidology.org forward slash donate. Everyone who donates, at least I think it's 25 bucks. We send them a copy of my book, A Bright Idea. It's my business personal autobiographical. It's a really unique book. It's not available in the store. And I'll send you a copy of this. And at the end of the podcast, I'll tell you how you can get a free copy. Um, or the best way to support Kidology is to join because then you get the benefit of 25,000 plus digital resources. Kidology is still the largest, most affordable website. There is so much out there. Um, and I'm always surprised the sites that come out that have less stuff and charge more when we've been at this for now over 25 years and there is a boatload of resources and things are added every week. Just this week, I added some footprints for uh, social distancing check-in. I added some fun welcome banners for your screens and, and signs as people are coming in just to say, hey, we see your smile, even though they're wearing a mask, um, and uh, some other fun things. So uh, be sure to check out uh, what's new on Kidology. That what's new button is one of the best uh, buttons on there. But I want to dive into um, this topic today, all right? And I want to talk about success, all right? I want to talk about what is success in ministry, all right? Because I got to tell you, I'm going into Facebook and I'm, and I'm reading uh, other social networks and I'm getting emails and calls and messages from people and, and I'm just sensing a wave of discouragement. And I have, I'm not criticizing anyone that has emoted this way online. If you're feeling that way, you need to share it because then, you know, the comments have all been encouraging and you can do it. And yes, I'm I'm going through the same thing. So I'm, I'm not being critical. Um, I'm, I'm acknowledging that there are folks that are really down. Um, but as I read into why they're discouraged, and, and I share this too, you know, the view counts on their kids' videos are down. You know, their Zoom meetings are not drawing families like they did early on. You know, there's these different metrics that we use to measure whether we're being successful or not. And, and the reality is we are, we are measuring our success incorrectly. Now, church and business get mixed a lot. And there's a lot of things in common. There's a lot of business books that can help you in ministry, right? Like I have friends that love the Disney books and Disney does so many incredible things in their way they run their company and in the way they run their parks. And, and so they read those Disney books and they apply them to ministry. And Google's got some books out there, the Google way or something like that. And, and, and there's, that's not a bad thing. We can learn from businesses and we can apply those things um, to, to our ministry. And I have done those things and I have even made challenges comparing, you know, different aspects of the business world. But there's a, there's a difference between developing strategies based on what we can learn from the business world because we're selling something. It's the gospel. We're trying to draw people. Uh, we're trying to grow. A lot of our goals are the same. But our success is measured differently when we're in ministry, all right? See, in a business, we look at our marketing and we say, how many likes did I get? How many shares did I get? How many hearts did I get? How many retweets did I get? Because we want to measure engagement, right? Because we're trying to engage with people. And especially during this COVID era, that has become more important than ever 
because we've lost this in-person aspect to our ministries. And so we want to have engagement. And as engagement goes down, we our spirits go down. We get discouraged. But I want to tell you right now that success is not engagement. Engagement's important, but it is not success. Also in business, people measure their business by how many sales they have, how many subscriptions they have, all right? Because ultimately, if they're making widgets, they need people to buy the widgets or the widget company's going to go out of business. What is a widget, by the way? We're always talking about widgets. But success is not financial security. I know some churches are down because giving is down. And people, sometimes they're not giving because they're not there. They're not mature yet enough in their walk with God to know that they need to be faithful in giving. It's not like going to a movie where you pay, you go to church and you pay. No, they they need to be faithful giving. But there's also people who can't give. I mean, they have lost their jobs or their income's been hurt. And so their giving has gone down. And so church leaders can get discouraged, especially when they have to start making tough choices. I don't know if you've had a spending freeze or perhaps your church has even lost some staff. Maybe you've even um, been let go. Um, But success is not financial security in ministry. We also measure success by the events that we do, right? Whether it's Sunday morning, which is an event, it's the event, but we also, we have Zoom calls and outreaches. So we measure the attendance or we send out emails and surveys and survey monkey forms. And we measure by how many people responded or how many people participated in something. But success is not response. See, in ministry, our success is not engagement. It's not financial security. It's not the response of the people. In fact, I once was at a job where my boss asked all the staff to set goals for the year. Not a bad idea, right? I've written a lot about the importance of goals and how to make smart goals and all that. But he wanted us to set a goal for how many uh, people in our area of ministry, for me it was kids, that I was going to lead to Christ that year. And I refused to do it. And it got a little dicey because all the other staff turned in how many numbers of how many people they were going to lead to Christ. And I said, I am not responsible for people coming to Christ. That is their decision. I will not set a goal for salvations. Otherwise, I'm going to be tempted to manufacture them, fake them, uh, God forbid, lie about them in order to hit my goal. I said, I can only set goals for what I'm responsible for. So I will set goals for how many times I will share the gospel and make sure at least one Sunday every month I do an invitation. I know some people do them every Sunday. Um, I will plan a certain amount of evangelistic outreaches. I will put a number on how many times am I going to get outside the walls and try to bring people in. And that's why I'll do, you know, Josh Denhart's amazing chemistry show or Roger Fields' Kids Blitz, you know, or to do some kind of backyard Bible blast or something. You know, I'll set those kind of goals because that's what I'm responsible for. My success is not based on the response. Otherwise, why would anybody be a missionary to the Middle East? Have you seen the stats from our missionary brothers and sisters in closed countries and in Muslim countries? And man, they, they are miserable 
failures, right? <laughs> no, they're not. They're doing their calling and they're sharing the gospel. In fact, I went on a mission trip and I won't say what country it is just because I don't want to offend anyone. But boy, I went to this one country and my boss, he sent me out to evangelize. I think he was kind of testing me. I didn't know this. And I went out with my gospel tracks and I had my interview technique that I learned in Bible college. And every single person that I talked to, I led to Christ. I was like, Wow, this is easy, you know? And I, I forget what it was. Like 20 people I led to Christ. I went back to my my supervisor on this mission trip, but I, I was so proud to say I led 20 people to Christ. So did you get their, their names and contact info like I told you? Yeah, 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 I did. And he says, all right, if they show up on Sunday, they're saved. If they don't show up on Sunday, they were being polite. And I didn't realize that in that culture, um, politeness was a value and these people were not going to reject. I could have been asking them to pray to a bologna sandwich and they would have prayed to the bologna sandwich. Uh, maybe not that extreme, but they, they would have responded to be courteous to me and to not reject me. And I learned that, you know, numbers aren't everything. So if success is not the response, if it's not the financial security that comes with doing a good job, if it's not engagement, then what is Success. How should you be measuring success? Because if you're discouraged, if you're down, if you feel like quitting, you're using the wrong metric for your success. Did Paul feel discouraged and like quitting when he was in jail? No, he just started witnessing to the jail guards. All right. Him and Silas. Right. And so success has to be defined correctly because if we define it correctly, then it's easier to be successful. So ready? Here it is. I built up to it. I built up to it. Biblical spiritual success is simple. That doesn't mean it's easy, but it's simple. Are you ready for it? All right. Your success is simply doing what God has called you to do. That's it. It is to be faithful. It's to be consistent regardless of the results. Now, that is not an excuse to be satisfied with low results, okay? I'm not saying that, like, you know, you're doing something and two kids come. You're like, cool, I'll just have two kids the rest of my life. No, we're supposed to go out and we're supposed to evangelize, supposed to do all that. But the re but we are responsible to do what God has called us to do. I remember when I first started Kidology, when I first started my email newsletter back in 1994, over 25 years ago, I used to have to give people an email address so they could get my email newsletter. Now, like, we get way too many um, email newsletters, and I'm sure some of you delete mine some, sometimes. But we, uh, I had a fellow friend say to me, most people start an email newsletter and then they peter out and they quit. He says, if you stick with it, then your your ministry will grow. And and I took that to heart. And boy, I just kept I just kept faithfully sending out those email newsletters. You know, when subscribers were 18, and then there was 25, and then it was 50. You know, but I knew this is what God had called me to do to equip and encourage children's workers. And so I just kept faithfully at it, and I didn't worry about the results. In fact, back then there weren't stats, there weren't analytics. A lot of times you were doing things and having no clue if anyone was reading it. And then eventually I would get to a conference and someone comes say, Carl, I read every single one of those newsletters. I love your website. I've used your object lessons. And I had no way to know. There weren't comments. There weren't Facebook shares. There weren't likes and tweets and hearts and all this. There was no engagement. It was like, I'm just sending this stuff out there. And like, I'm just being faithful to what God called me to do, having no idea if anyone's even using it. Did you know that when I started Kidology, people had to write me a letter 
They had to like get a piece of paper out and an envelope and a stamp and address it and write a check if they wanted to donate the dollar a month that we charged back then, $12 for a year. And then I'd get these letters in the mail and it was awesome. In fact, there's a picture in here of my, of my tote I still have from those very early memberships. I have saved some of the paperwork from early, early on. So we need to be faithful. All right, we learn, we adapt, and we grow. I want to ask you a question. What do these three people have in common, all right? Vincent Van Gogh, you know who he is, famous artist, right? Um, Edgar Allan Poe, all right, and Stephen Foster, all right? Now, if you don't know who they are, um, Vincent Van Gogh, over 2,000 artistic creations, right? But they were totally unappreciated during his time. He died penniless, and now his artwork is in the millions and there's auctions. And if you have one of his originals, man, you're loaded because they're expensive. But he never benefited from that. All right. Edgar Allan Poe, one of the most recognizable names in all of literature. But he went mostly unknown during his life and didn't make a lot of money. And he died poor. And now most kids grow up in junior high, probably high school, reading Edgar Allan Poe. There's movies about him, and he's a he's a part of our culture, but he was unknown. Stephen Foster, he's considered the father of American music. Now, he's the one you may not have known his name, but you've heard of Camp Town Races, and you've heard of Swanee River, Swanee River and The Beautiful Dreamer, and Oh, Susanna. He wrote those songs, all right? But he was completely uncompensated for what he did. He wrote these songs and they went out and they became part of American culture and he died poor. But we know their names, right? We've heard of Vincent Van Gogh and Edgar Allan Poe and Stephen Foster. Why? Because they did what they were created to do, whether it was to paint or to write or to compose. And yet they were underappreciated, unknown, and uncompensated. I would venture to guess right now, some of you, especially in children's ministry, you feel unappreciated. Nobody knows how hard you've been working. Like, like there's people who think you got it easy right now during COVID-19, right? Because there's no kids church and no VBS and, and Easter got canceled. And they have no idea that you are working three times harder without Sunday services and without all these events, and you feel underappreciated. Some of you might feel unknown, like people don't even know what you're doing. There's people in your church that have no clue who the children's director is. There's parents that might know your name, but they don't know you. They don't understand you, and 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 that can be discouraged. And of course, many are uncompensated. Now, I don't I'm not just talking about a paycheck, all right? Yes, there are many of you I know listening to this who do this volunteer. You're a tent maker. You're a missionary to your church, right? You don't get a paycheck. But even if you have a paycheck, compensation is beyond your paycheck. It's appreciation, all right? It's being valued. Maybe it's getting a bonus once in a while. Maybe maybe it's getting a pastor appreciation in October. Man, I got blown away at my church last fall when they just appreciated all the pastors and I, there, I've been at churches where the kids pastor like, like, oh, yeah, yeah, here's a card. And they did awesome stuff with the other pastors. This is the first church I've been at where they, I really felt appreciated. And it was great. But you know what? We don't serve for those reasons. And guess what? I want you to know if you feel underappreciated or unknown or uncompensated, guess what? 
you're in good company because there are saints before you that have gone for years. But if you are faithful to what God has called you to do, and you get up in the morning asking yourself some very important questions, what is God asking me to do today? And then you do it. You're asking God, what is my purpose for my life? If you go to Kidology, and I'll put a link in the show notes, I wrote years ago, in fact, I think that I reproduced it in this, in this book, um, How I Got My Ministry Calling. I read a book called The Intentional Minister, and it said you can spend your life doing a lot of wonderful things, figure out why God put you here. And I dropped out of school for, out of Bible college for a week, rented a cabin at a camp in Saugatuck, Michigan, took my Bible, my guitar, and went there, my camera, the three ways I love to worship, and my Bible, of course. And I just asked God, why is Carl Bastian here? I came back to Bible college with a mission statement that Carl Bastian exists to reach and teach as many kids as possible with the good news of God's love and in the process to enlist, equip, and encourage others to do the same. And he gave me a focus for my life. So everything I do, in fact, every opportunity that comes to me, I ask myself, does that fit reaching and teaching children with the good news of God's love? Does that fit equip, enlisting, equipping, encouraging others? If it doesn't, often I say no. I say that sounds like a great thing, but that that's not me. I can't do everything. And I've stayed focused on that. And when you have a focus on this is my calling, this is my mission, this is what God's equipped me to do. And I know God made me good at what I do because that's what he made me to do. And when I stray from what he made me to do, I'm not good at it. And I, I'm terrible at it. And that's even within children's ministry, learning what you're good at and surrounding your people with people. But that's team building and that's another whole um, conversation. But that's success. You know, one of my life verses, I have to say one of my life verses because I have lots of life verses because I love God's word. But one of my life verses is Acts 20, 24, where Paul says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it to finish the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. What is your mission? Who do you serve? You serve God. You serve the kids, you serve the families. And if you are faithfully doing what you're called to do, doesn't matter how many likes you get. Doesn't matter if anyone shares it. Doesn't matter if you get little hearts or retweets. It doesn't matter if two families show up to a Zoom call. All right, there's strategies to increase that, all right? And we, we can get into strategy. Strategy is important. We need strategy. I'm, I'm making a distinction between strategy and success. Success is being faithful to God, period. Can I say that again? Success is being faithful to God, period. Be faithful to your calling. Do what God called you to do and leave the results up to him. You know, when I was a young man in Bible college, I, I would have friends found ministries that were their name. It was their name, ministries. And, and I, I never judged them. I was never critical. But I did tell my wife, if I ever try to start Carl Bastian Ministries, you just kind of slap me. Because I don't even I don't want to start something about me. I, I want to pursue my mission. And if God grows it, um, then then great. And if He doesn't, it doesn't matter. Now I'm not being critical of Josh McDowell Ministries, Billy Graham Ministries, because you know what? Those ministries they weren't founded with those names. Men like that, women like that, they just started doing what God called them to do. And God brought growth, and God brought fruit, and God brought people around them, and they had to organize, and they had to form a nonprofit corporation, and they just named it after the person who was at the center of all this amazing activity that God was blessing, and that's how their name got put on the ministry. It wasn't started as a ministry about them. 
you know, I just recently been trying to listen to more worship music in the car. I'm a sport. I'm a political junkie. I love political podcasts. This is a very political crazy time, right? Especially on Facebook. So I've been like turn, turning it off and trying to listen to more worship music in the car. And this may be an old song, but I loved um, hearing this song by Casting Crowns called Only Jesus. Maybe you, maybe you know this song. Um, but he says, I don't care if they remember me, only Jesus. And I, I've only got one life to live. I'll let every second point to him, only Jesus. All the kingdoms built, all the trophies won, will crumble into dust when it's said and done. Because all that really matters, did I live the truth to the ones I love? Was my life the proof that there is only one whose name will last forever? He says, I don't want to leave a legacy. I don't care if they remember me, only Jesus. You know, there is... um, I don't want to call it a disease, but there's a, there's an issue that concerns me in, in ministry today, and it's people trying to make a name for themselves and trying to get noticed. And I, I know I've been blessed. I, I have what they now call a platform. I never set out to have a platform, okay? That was never my goal. I just pursued my mission. But because I've got a website and I've got a podcast, I've had people come to me and say, will you speak on how to build a platform and how to build an audience? And I say no. I will not speak on that. Because my goal is not to have an audience. It's not to have a podcast, uh, listeners. It's, it's not to have people on my website. It's to be faithful to my calling to equip and encourage those in children's ministry, period. My success is being faithful to my calling, nothing else. I never want to teach someone how to build a platform because that is not the goal. A platform is not success. Believe me, aren't there people who have a lot of people listening to them that no one should be listening to because what they have to say is not good, not healthy, not wholesome, not good for the church or not good for our culture, not good for our country. Platform is not the goal. The goal is faithfulness. The goal is obedience. And if God honors that and gives you an audience, then humbly accept that with a responsibility and, and, and cherish that, but also don't cling to it. You know, don't worry about it, you know? And, and I, I, I even said somewhere in this book, I don't care if Kidology declines or goes out of business because my success is not Kidology. My success is my calling. That's all that's success. Kidology is the vehicle. It's a means uh, for me to exercise my mission, but it is not my mission. It's the, it's the tracks that the mission rides on. And if God ever wants to change the tracks, and fold or dissolve kidology and says, you know, I just, I want you to do this. I want you to pursue your calling in this new way. I'm like, cool. There's days I go that I kind of like that idea. That's a lot of work. And so make sure you remember that, you know, it reminded me, I wrote a poem in high school. It's on my blog. It's called all I need. And as I was reading the casting, casting crowns, I was like, you know what? I wonder if they were on my blog. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I wrote this years ago and, and I want to wrap up with this. It's a poem I wrote in high school in 1989. Uh, it would have been freshman year of college. I graduated in 88. Now, here's what I wrote. And I want this to be my prayer for me today. And I want this to be a prayer for you. All right. It's called All I Need. And no, it's not a song. And don't worry, I'm not going to sing to you. All right. It says, make yourself, Lord, all I need and all I say and do. May my dependence be on nothing else. Let me only lean on you. I want to need nothing else than to know I'm on your side. So when problems come or I get down, I will run to you and hide. 
Make yourself, Lord, all I need, even over the things I love. Because even those I'm finding out are just extras from above. I want those extra blessings, the things you've given me, to be things I'm fine without when they're gone or hard to see. I do want to enjoy them, for that's why they are sent. But when it is just me and you, I want to be content. So make yourself, Lord, all I need as I live each day through. Make me happy, peaceful, and content as long as I have you. Hey, that is my prayer for you. Folks, if you're down, if you're discouraged, if you're weary, hey, I'm with you. I'm ramping up. I'm Tomorrow morning, I'm going over policies, cleaning procedures, 10 standards of excellence for children's workers, which is on Kidology, by the way, kidology.org forward slash 10 standards. I mean, I've got the tools. I've got the resources. But man, all of this, it matters. Strategy matters. But it's not success. Success, I'm going to say it one more time for you. And why don't I cue up the music, right? Because I don't have a producer. Success is faithfully following your call and nothing else. Hey, I want to give away a couple copies of my book. All you got to do is share this podcast. I know shares don't matter, but share the podcast, make a comment, tell me how Kidology has equipped and encouraged you, encourage me in that way, and I'll reach out to you, ask for your address, and I'll be glad to drop you a copy of this book in the mail. Again, it's not Children's Ministry Ideas. It's it's an autobiographical leadership book. It's the story of Kidology. It's my testimony, and it's the leadership lessons I've learned along the way. And it's not for sale in the store. I'd love to share that with you. Thanks for joining me here on Kidman Talk. And I lied. I'm going to say it one more time. Success is only following your call. Amen. Amen.